kxfmradio.org. This disclaimer is a statement notifying listening audiences that any opinions expressed on our shows are not representative of Laguna Radio, Inc., its management, or its board of directors. This is Craig on Rainbow Radio, and we got some some great news today in the weather. I gotta, I'm shocked. The weather, the ten day weather forecast. I well, listen. I'd like to start out KXFM Radio Rainbow Radio every Saturday with the weather because oftentimes that's all we really want to know. <laughs> Honestly, so but today an anomaly. The weather report, and this is official. It says. Uh, 66 degrees, 11 mile per hour winds, and, and I'm not kidding, it says abundant sunshine. So we're going to have abundant sunshine here in Laguna Beach. It is a beach day like many of the days are in Laguna Beach. It is supposed to be a high of 66 degrees, which is fine when you're in the hot sun, the abundant of sun, I might add. <laughs> that, uh, it, that is definitely a beach day. So keep your distance, wear your mask, and go to the beach. That's what I say. Uh, it's abundant sunshine, high 65 winds uh, west at 10 to 15 miles per hour. Now, as far as the rest of the week, um, it's been very cold lately, but in the day, it's in the 70s. So, And we got sunshine on until uh, Wednesday. It gets partly cloudy. Thursday, partly cloudy. Friday, partly cloudy. So uh, for the next, what? Uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, we have an abundance of sunshine. So if anyone out there needs some, just, you know, give us a call here at the radio station, KXFM. (laughs) And, you know, maybe we can send some sunshine your way. Well, we will certainly try this morning on Rainbow Radio. A shout out to everyone at the Saturday market. I haven't done that in a while. It's my favorite place to go on Saturday because that's when you plan your meals for the week and you buy all the fresh produce but you distance yourself and you uh uh be cautious yes as we all should be in this time you know i have a guest this week uh his name is fred show we'll have to learn how to pronounce his name but show s-h-o-s-c-h-o-e so that's shaho m-e-h-l mel mayo mel so i think it's shaho mail Fred is his first name. We'll go by Fred. How about that? (laughs) He's writing a book. It's called Lost Souls. And he's focusing on some tragic events here in Laguna Beach with uh, gay people and what happened with their legacy. I guess they're, um, well, we'll find out what it's all about. But his book is more of a a documentary. Uh, He's been a news reporter for his entire life. And he uh, is focusing on Laguna Beach, having lived here for many years and He's, um, so that's our guest. He'll be calling in about a quarter after the hour and we'll have him on. And so I want to thank, I want to give a shout out. You know, I haven't done this in a while. I want to thank all my loyal listeners. You know, that's why I'm here. I'm here because I, I, I I like to talk to you, obviously, and um, share what I feel is going on in the world and, 
the good and the bad and the ugly, but try to focus on the good as much as possible because there is a lot of good out there in in spite of what it may seem. I heard uh, I heard on the news, yeah, of course it's the news, but the news was calling the kettle black, I guess. They were saying that there was report that was reported that the most propaganda-laden media medium out there, I guess, is Facebook. <laughs> but I, I hope I think the propaganda goes in both directions. But there is some serious propaganda now. Uh, in the news, I've I've seen a world leader who uh, I think he was in Germany. He resigned, and and he quoted some of the um, fabricated media news in his resignation that he said he he heard, he got it from the news media in the United States about uh, the state of world affairs. So, you know, I, you know, I, I wish there was like a, an organization that could say, we have checked, double checked, triple checked, verified, certified that these are the facts and don't know, you know, no, uh, I don't know, no uh, prejudice, no opinions, no nothing, that these are, are the facts. And I know that there's a lot of uh, websites out there trying to, uh, you know, uh, report facts against some bunch of sensational propaganda on both sides everywhere. But, you know, I go on. It's too early in the morning to go on too much. But <laughs> if if we could just get our uh, representatives to get to come to have a coming together meeting and sort things out a little, a lot better than what they've been sorting them out. Uh, no partisan politics in the Senate would be really nice in the, in the assembly. Anyway, so uh, we have Fred and I want to thank Mike Johnson of Compass Realty because he's always there for us. And I also want to make a comment that I will be doing a fundraiser for uh, you know, uh, hijack the radio station. It will be on the 18th at 6 p.m. And I have yet to determine who I might solicit to take over the station with me. Um, if you're listening and you think you want to take over the station with me, hey, give me a call. But I do have some good ideas. I want someone with uh, some, uh, well, personality would be nice. <laughs> because on the radio, it's not about looks. It's about personality god knows my old friends all told me i had a face for radio that's a mean thing to say i have to anyway so that that's the dealio uh for this week we don't have any earth-shattering news i know laguna beach pride which i'm a part of will have their christmas fundraiser on the um 17th of uh, december and that's a thursday and it's uh, it's going to be a Zoom fundraiser, uh, uh, silent auction type of party, but there will be some great name entertainment. It'll go on for about an hour and a half, and we're looking forward to that. That's in the process. You'll see more uh, information about it as it becomes available. This last week, Laguna Beach Pride donated to the Friendship Shelter a $600 uh, fundraiser check for the money that we raised as Laguna Beach Pride in, uh, the, well, the money that you as the listener and the participants uh, contributed in, uh, for the, um, for the uh, Friendship Shelter. And the Friendship Shelter, if you're not familiar with it, it's a local organization. They have two locations here in Laguna Beach, one in the canyon, one on PCH uh, downtown. And uh, they help with housing for those who do not have housing. And they place as many people as they can. And they also work to place people in permanent housing if they have a permanent uh, uh, disability that is difficult for them to manage. You know, that means that they really can't take care of themselves for either a, a mental or physical issue. And they need uh, assistance. And there are programs for that even. So they have everything from immediately homeless to a, from a situation with um, abuse to long-term housing to 
interim housing between jobs. It's it, they've got everything, and a lot of counselors. And I, we met their staff this last week here in Laguna Beach, and that was a pleasant event. So, friendship shelter is always there. If you hear of someone or encounter someone who is in a situation where they're on the street, maybe not willing to admit that for the last two weeks they've been sleeping in their car, and yet they still come to work. They've been sleeping in their car, and perhaps uh, their hygiene isn't the best. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. Well, that would be a dead giveaway, wouldn't it? Sleeping in your car and, and your and your gym membership wore, uh, ran out? <laughs> anyway, I digress. So thank, uh, that's, that's the dealio. I'm going to jump right into On This Day in History uh, right here. Because uh, I found it interesting. Actually, it's uh, yesterday. Did you know yesterday was Friday the 13th? And I survived. Yes, as many people survived. Um, I'm, so I'm going to read Friday the 13th uh, on this day in history. So, okay, so it was yesterday, but okay. In 1979, San Francisco swears in the first openly gay police officers. Within a year, one out of every seven new recruits is LGBTQ. How about that? You know, good on San Francisco. They've always been kind of a, a leader in that. I know Gavin Newsom, our current governor, was mayor at the time when he decided that uh, they would allow uh, gay marriages. And uh, then they had an injunction and they, you know, then there was Prop 8 and then there was this and that and the other thing. Finally came back to, you know what? He prevailed. He was right. <laughs> Gavin Newsom. In 1984, in the United Kingdom, Manchester gay rights advocate and politician Margaret Roth becomes the country's first openly lesbian mayor. How about that? <laughs> in 84 in the UK. Yet they did have uh, quite a history of not being kind to gay people. Around the world, I don't just mean in the UK, around the world, you know, they, they, instilled, they instilled the doctrine of um, that it's an abomination but anyway, they've come a long ways, as has many people, as we are also grateful for. In 2001, the U.S. Uh, City Council in uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana, passes an ordinance which adds sexual orientation to its municipal anti-discrimination law. Good on you, uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. And in 2008, the No Hate campaign begins. And there we go. And on this day in history, 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 November 14th, that is today. In 1942, woo, we're going way back. The German SS informs, oh, this is not nice, concentration camp command uh, commandants that they are free to sterilize any of the prisoners under their control. The directive gives official approval to the practice of already instituted in some camps of castrating males suspected of sexual attraction to other men. Whoa. In 1969, the Gay Liberation Front launches the pre a premier issue of the newspaper, Come Out, a newspaper by and for the gay communities. That's on this day in history, yesterday and today. We're going to take a short music break, and I, I don't doubt that on my um, call-in, we'll be calling in, and we'll talk to Fred. <laughs> Stay tuned on KX 104.7, Laguna Beach's home-crafted yeah, homecrafted radio. How about that? We're homecrafted. I'm going to talk about the, F, the charity gift cards that uh, that um, they're going to be uh, that the station is involved in as soon as we get back. How about that? started a song so i'm going to um let you listen to it for a minute and then i'm gonna and you will be live so uh, um, they can hear you while you're listening um, but i'll come on and turn the music down and chat how's that
Well, I just realized I said all that on air, so we might as well get started here with Fred. Are you there, Fred? <laughs> I am here. I had an open mic, I uh, is, as they say, in the biz, you know. Yes. <laughs> so I gave everyone a little... Uh, a little uh, stimuli with uh, what you're all about, Fred. And how can you, For first off, can you pronounce your last name for me? I certainly can. It's Shomel. Shomel. Well, I think Shomel. I was right, audience, wasn't I? I kind of sounded it out. Yeah. <laughs> so Shomel. Well, so Mr. Yeah, Shomel, we'll call you Fred, as I said on the air earlier. Well, I've, I've been called a lot worse, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know your mother told me all about it. <laughs> oh, dear. I oh, know. Dear. The stories mothers can tell about their children. Yeah. No. <laughs> so so I, I, I told him that what you used to live here in Laguna is where. We'll start with that. How, when did you? Yes. Uh, um, in 1967, uh, I was at the tender age of 15 and uh we uh were living in fullerton and my parents decided to move to laguna they uh purchased a house up at top of the world and uh so we arrived in laguna and, and i went into laguna beach high school um uh, the start of my junior year and uh and got uh, pretty involved quickly in uh, student government and student activities. And, you know, this was, uh, you know, the late 60s, and high school students were, you know, becoming politically active. And uh, we had several organizations at Laguna Beach High School that were um, seeking changes in the curriculum uh, so that it would be more socially aware we were um pretty radical protest <laughs> yes protesting the war in vietnam i was going to say the war in vietnam was a, yeah. a big topic then as was yes, the it, it was it was huge and we had a, a laguna beach high school delegation that went to uh, two that I remember, uh, you know, major protests at UCI because, you know, that was kind of the, the ground zero for the um, uh, the bigger protests. And what so, was Laguna like as, as far as the gay community? Was it pretty active well, at that time? Um, yes, and, and that really does get to, you know, part of what I've been researching because um you know laguna at that time was a much more of a uh moderately priced beach town than you know the laguna we know today and uh there were a lot of you know especially gay men and you know the boom boom room the little shrimp um i can't remember the uh, time period for Main Street, but but the bars were, you know, they were humping, and uh, uh, you know there was, you know, a very very active gay community. And as the decade unfolded, it became more politically active, and we might get into hmm. that, you know, as I. Uh, sort of discuss uh, the these homicides uh, because right. they they occurred uh, right in the context of this activism uh, really becoming uh, uh, you know reaching critical mass. Now, uh, uh, as you're as you're talking about the information about the murders and such, I want the audience to also know that. Your, your background, Fred, as a reporter for many years and uh, as a, I guess, a sleuth, I would like to say, uh, <laughs> and a detective of some sorts to get the story. And I think that's kind of the angle you're coming from, if I might put words out there. Well, but no. What is, your, what is some of your background as far as reporting? Well, well uh, while I was still in high school, uh, the Laguna Beach local paper at that time was the Laguna News Post. And they had every Saturday one page that was called Teen Page. 
and mm -hmm. I was asked uh, to edit that page. So, you know, all I was doing was writing social notes about what was going on at Laguna Beach High School, you know, sports stuff and, you know, personality profiles, that sort of thing. But the, the big change was there was a larger daily paper, the Daily Pilot. Uh, you know, the Daily Pilot is right. still around. It is. Back in that, that, <laughs> back in that period, the Daily Pilot was what you would consider a real big newspaper. You know, it had multiple sections, um, and it put out a dedicated Laguna Beach edition that came out six days a week, Monday through Saturday. Wow, in print. And Imagine that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and the first three pages of uh, the, the Daily Pilot put out uh, additions for each of the coastal communities. Um, you know, our slogan was we covered Seal Beach to San Clemente. And so, you know, there was a Newport edition, a Costa Mesa edition, and of course the Laguna edition. And the Laguna edition had its own Laguna um, uh, column, which was called Laguna Teen Corner. And the guy who was doing that was a guy named Tom Gorman, who went on to the LA Times. And Tom was graduating and said, would you like to take over my column? And I was thrilled because <laughs> the Daily Pilot was willing to pay me $15 a week opposed wow. to the ten dollars a week I was getting from the news folks. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I Well I remember the, the the hourly pay was about a dollar and a quarter an hour in the sixties. Uh, well the the first minimum that wage summer that that summer I interned at the pilot and I was getting two dollars an hour as an intern. Uh, that summer. Wow. So I, I interned at the pilot, uh, and then they brought me on full time. And, and the pilot had a news bureau in Laguna. It was on Forest Avenue, 222 Forest, right above the cellar restaurant. And uh, we had three reporters in there who all they did was cover Laguna Beach. And uh, wow. and I was lucky enough to be one of them uh, for until 1974. I left briefly, and then I came back uh, for another couple of years, and I left again, and came back a third time. The third time I was uh, in the Pilots County Bureau, and. That was where I was lucky enough to cover uh, one of the trials uh, involved in in these cases. For for the listeners, just for background, um, there are there were four cases, one of which has been resolved, and three others which you are um, want to, um, I guess, re report on, I guess, or incorporate into your book, Lost Souls. Is right. that correct? Am I well, right? Well, it's, uh, it's actually three three cases. Okay. Um, it was uh, the first one was uh, a gentleman named Alfred Willard uh, who lived lived on Coastview Drive in Laguna. Uh, that was in late July of 1977. The second one was in August of 78. This involved a man named uh, Ruben Martinez who lived in uh, Corona Del Mar on Iris Avenue, but the the crime itself began in Laguna Beach, uh, right in front of the Little Shrimp. And the, the third one was just three months later when uh, a building designer in Laguna, a man by the name of Brent Toby, uh, was killed at his home on Carmelita Street. And so those are the three, uh, 
three I, cases I'm looking at. I just want them to know as you're telling telling us about your about your background, so they have some reference right. there. So go go right. back to your background, if you will, where you were um, working through the I guess the ranks with your uh, uh, reporting. Yes, well, you know the the pilot uh, since it had a Laguna Beach and a Newport Beach edition. The, the crimes themselves were page one news. I, I mean, um, homicides in Laguna were very rare. I mean, not to say they didn't occur, but, um, you know, anytime there was a story of that magnitude, that was, you know, as we say, page one above the folds. Um, yeah. And, uh, uh, this was true in the Willard case. Um, it was true in the uh, Martinez case, and was certainly true in the uh, in the Toby case. the The problem, though, um, I I did not actually cover the 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 crimes themselves. I did cover part of the Martinez case when it came to trial, but what you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is dealing with gay victims at that time was very difficult for newsrooms uh, because uh, gay people were still looked at, uh, you know, sometimes with disdain, sometimes with humor, um, uh, yeah. you know, sometimes with open hostility. And, and this influence in my view, the, the news coverage, because what what happened was the news coverage went immediately to kind of the sexual side of the, um, you know, the, the victim's, you know, life. Right. You know, and, and, and what has bothered me all these years is that we never even tried to do, uh, you know, a really good biographical piece on these victims. You know, we would we would call Brent Toby a building designer. Well, what did he design? Where? You know, did he have any other interests? You know, and uh, you could say the same about Alfred Willard. Uh, he had an exceptional life, and. Uh, the only um, gesture we made to his background was that he was a retired U.S. Coast Guard officer. And so, you know, this kind of reporting, um, I mean, that's the way it was back then. Um, I was, I would say, as guilty as anyone else in that period uh, of, you know, not you know, doing the deep dive that should have been done. So that's why, you know, I decided uh, about a year and a half ago, well, uh, you know, since one of these cases is, you know, in the legal system right now, 42 years later, why not do something to to correct the record? Right. No, I think that's very honorable. Uh, I think particularly at the time uh, in, um, well, I don't know what's to say, in Hollywood, it was, it was, uh, and particularly in movies, it, you could show a gay as long as they had a tragic ending or they were, uh, um, I don't know, they were not, they were crazy or, or something that you could show them. You never showed them in a positive light. You never showed them in a, uh, making a contribution, they were always uh, pathetic, I guess, often pathetic, um, not right, always, but right. often pathetic images of what gay life is about. And for someone who's growing up in Ohio and has no reference to uh, the person they could be or the person that a, a good gay person could be, it, it was uh, pretty devastating, I think, um, if that's your point of reference, you know. So, well, no, and, and we, you know, we have to remember that in that period, I mean, in the 70s, um, you know, homosexuality was 
still considered a, you know, psychological disorder, yep. you know. And against so, the law in many locations. Right. right and certainly right. an abomination when it came to religion. Right. Yeah. And I, and I think a lot of this, uh, you know, uh, uh, led to a lot of implicit and explicit bias in, in the reporting. Um, you know, I mean, I remember Laguna at that time, I was, I was still in the closet, uh, but, um, you, you know, the things that were said about gay people were, you know, I mean, it was awful at times. And, uh, um, so. So how the, um, I think I should explain to our listeners too how what kind of brought us together. You had uh, approached, you had sent me a message about you were trying to do some research uh, and we needed some help to find more information about these victims and right. what, you know, let's draw the full picture, not just the sensational, negative, marginalized side of it, but the full picture. And so I suggested that uh, perhaps we get together to like today and uh, it's an opportunity to, to solicit additional information uh, from the listeners that might be familiar with uh, any of these uh, three individuals and their contribution to mankind and what they were all about. And um, in the process of putting together your, uh, I guess, a, would it be a biography then of them? Well, you know, I'm... Uh... I'm looking at this as a combination of, excuse me, one of my cats just walked over my phone. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at this as kind of an amalgam of biography, history, and journalism. And so okay. um, I, you know, I'm kind of drawing on my total skill set to um, you know, write this. I will tell you what it isn't. Uh, I don't want to spend the better part of the book doing the kind of standard CSI analysis of, you know, the police investigation and, you know, what led to what and, um, that's not to say the investigations aren't important, but I don't want that to be the book. I, I want the book to, you know, be about the victims here. And, and you know, the, 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 the problem I have is we're now, you know, 42, 43 years down the road. I mean, when these crimes occurred, I was 25, 26. I'm now 68. And so I'm trying to find people uh, like myself who uh, were in Laguna Van or know of people who were in Laguna Van uh, who uh, might have known the victims, uh, might have known them personally, professionally. Uh, Brent Toby, for example, was very, very active in civic affairs on Laguna Beach uh, with the Laguna Playhouse, with the Festival of Art. Um, oh, he and wow. his mother uh, did uh, considerable work to uh, see that uh, recreational facilities were added to Bluebird Park. Um, they were very, very well known around town. Okay. And uh, I, uh, I knew Brent uh, casually, um, not well, but uh, uh, he, because of his uh, building design work, he had, you know, done projects in Laguna Beach, Dana Point, Santa Ana, Pomona, Costa Mesa. You know, he was, he was around. And so... Uh, Al Willard, I know a lot about his life. He was the first victim. I know a lot about his life 
prior to his arrival on Laguna Beach. I mean, he he was uh, a very well-known actor at the Pasadena Playhouse before moving to Laguna. He was an expert yachtsman. Uh, one of his yachts was actually sold to Johnny Weissmuller, who played Tarzan. Um, I mean, Al Willard has got a, a an equally fascinating uh, background. So, but I don't know a lot about Al Willard's time in Laguna, other than he and Brent Toby were very, very good friends. And okay. um, um, this is one of the astonishing uh, uh, aspects of this story is that Brent Toby was killed the very day that the verdict came back in the Al Willard murder case. And, uh, you know, the coincidence is just hard to wow. fathom. And the same can be said for the third victim, who is, is Ruben Martinez, uh, who lived in Corona Del Mar. Uh, he was a very successful young realtor. And, uh, had uh, come out of the uh, Pico Rivera, Whittier area, and uh, uh, worked for a, a realty firm in Santa Fe Springs, but he had done well personally, which had allowed him to uh, buy his home in Corona Del Mar. But I um, have yet to really be able to, to learn a lot about his life uh, and uh, um, that's something I'm, yeah. you know, trying to, to do as well. Be fair to say that, uh, you've got a substantial amount, but you need get some, some pretty good sized voids as well, as far as their background. Uh, right. Right. I, I do have a lot. I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, several hundred pages of, of material I've, mm -hmm. you know, culled together. But I I don't have as much on their their sort of social histories in Laguna and in Corona Del Mar that I would like to have. Now I want to ask a question. I just think that everyone is is curious about, and it's not about them personally. Well, maybe it is to some degree. But what do you think in those murders that there was any motivation because of the gay component or disdain for gays or uh, dislike for gays was that a part of it, or did that play anything in it? I'm just curious. Well, I, in your I think opinion. I can answer answer that because it 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 differs uh, uh, relative to the case. Okay. Uh, Al Willard, who was 69, the first victim, was killed by a young man who was 23, and this was. Clearly, a, a crime of passion, um, and they had a relationship. Um, it was kind of a uh, an occasional relationship. Uh, they got together maybe you know three, four, five times a year, and it was at one of these uh, get-togethers that something you know, went wrong, and uh, uh, this young man uh, beat Al to death with a, uh, a statue, a wooden statue. And uh, so the motive there was, was clearly, you know, a breakdown in their their relationship. Um, in the, the second one, in the Ruben Martinez case, um, Ruben Martinez had been out on a Sunday night, Laguna. He'd been over to Spoonville Room and he'd been in the shrimp, and he was actually on his way home. He was standing at the crosswalk there at Crest Street and Coast Highway, and uh, a couple of guys, young guys, sidled up to him, and they came up with this story that they were new in town and didn't have a place to stay, and you know, um, and 
And Ruben made the fatal mistake of inviting them to his place in Corona del Mar. And, uh, and as the testimony came out in the trial, uh, the, the the two perpetrators, these two young guys from uh, uh, the Dana Point area, had come to Laguna Beach specifically to find a wealthy gay guy to rob, and that was their their motiv- motivation. And because they they were running with a group of guys down there that. Um, you know, they're, they sort of had this shared belief that, you know, we can just go up to Laguna and, you know, roll some of these gay guys. And, you know, they've got jewelry, they've got money, you know, we can rip yeah. them off. And, wow. and that's what this second case was all about. And the third one, um, the... I, almost the same argument can be made because the 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 killer in the third case, in the Brent Toby case, um, he was also out of this uh, little clique down in South County. And um, uh, not all the evidence is known in this case because the... Um, the case was settled without a trial, but I've read enough to, you know, tell me that, um, you know, there, there, it, it probably was about robbery, um, even though it was kind of made to look like a crime of passion. Um, um, they say we don't have the benefit of a trial in the third case yeah. uh, because uh, Walter Daly uh, pleaded uh, guilty to a voluntary manslaughter. So the evidence never got its bearing in court, but um, there is some belief that, that robbery was a motive in the Brent Toby uh, uh, murder. So, in, in other words, gay people were an easy mark, it seems, for yes. a, couple, a couple of them. And the other one was definitely a, a thing of, of passion. Right. Uh, so, and to, to answer the question, yeah, okay, I, I appreciate that information. I I wondered, you know, if some of it was just gay bashing gone ter- terribly bad. Uh, but it, it sounds like it was, there were motives uh not just to bash gays, but motives of them being an easy victim. And probably there may have been some attitude, well, they're just fags, you know, no big deal. Oh, yeah, no no sure. great, no great loss, you know? Yeah. yeah. In fact, in the, in the second case, in the Martinez case, um, you know, they got to Martinez's house and uh, Martinez had this, I can only describe it as the star shaped, candle that weighed 35 pounds and uh, the uh, the two killers used this candle to mm. flobber martinez and um, and they and kept it as a ran- trophy well they tried to mm. uh, they ended up tossing it alongside pacific coast highway somewhere around morro bay um, but, uh, uh, after, you know, after Ruben was knocked out, they started ransacking his house and they, they found all of 73 cents <laughs> and, you know, R- Ruben Martinez lost his life over 73 cents. And, um, uh, it's, uh, you know, so, so they made some very disparaging comments about how little they got. So it, it confirms that, you know, robbery was their, their motive. And, um, and I might add in the trial of, of one of the guys, 
who killed Martinez. Um, you know, he was he he did take the stand and and he was trying to explain what motivated him to not only uh, clobber Martinez with this heavy candle, but then return an hour later and nearly decapitate Martinez with a handsaw because he wanted to make sure he was dead. Uh, this this guy, uh, his name was uh, was John Keyes. Uh, he tried to uh, use what I would call an early gay panic defense. He, he, he said that the reason he went crazy and felt he had to kill Martinez was because he had been raised to believe that gay men were dangerous. And, um, and he said, I just panicked when I was in the room with one and the door was locked and um, I didn't know what to do. Wow. So, uh, obviously, that defense did not work. Yeah. Okay, so that answers the question about motive. Um, uh, but the back to uh, let's go. Let's draw back to your. Um, I don't know what to call it now because you you named it. Th- it's really three separate things. But let's just say your lost souls, which I think is a fitting title. That's about. Uh, three people that uh, had that were human beings had lives had relationships had uh, a world in front of them and it was just taken and in the process i'm i'm i guess i'm ob- off- offering observations of the conversation we're having in the process their lives were left to be to people to believe that they were um I guess not as much a person as they should have been, you know? I mean, like, okay, well, uh, well, one was, I, you know, I, they try to dismiss it somehow, I guess would be a way. Well, I, I, I think, you know, there, there was, uh, some of that. I mean, uh, I've had some trouble and not all of this is just because the information is, is out, isn't out there. It's that, you know, I started working on this about 18 months ago, but my, my research really ramped up uh, right after the first of the year. And then what happened? COVID hit. And for, from a research perspective, this has really created trouble for me because Whenever you're doing this kind of work, you have to access court records, property records, um, you know, the vital records, and and all of that has become virtually impossible. So, um, to some extent, uh, some of this, these biographical things are are still hanging fire, you know, until yeah. I can. Well, if you we know, can, if we can help you out, and yeah. I just what's a is there a, a good method to get in touch with you, Fred? Yes, I I have a dedicated uh, Gmail account for the project, and it is Laguna Lost Souls, all one word, at gmail dot com. Okay, that's pretty easy. I, and I'll tell the listeners, too, after the interview, I will have it uh, uh, as um, a uh, a podcast that you can um, uh, listen to on the air. And um, if uh, you go to my, the website, rainbow-radio.com with Craig, and I'll put the... Uh, the, the uh, email there to get a hold of fred i okay, i can yeah. i can't imagine I, I, there must be some people in lagoon i know i was here in 78 of course that's post all of these events and i and i was aware of some tragic things that had happened but i didn't know the details and then i do know of a more recent um in the in um an employee from a local hotel 
yeah, uh, was, yeah. was murdered. I, I'm aware of that one, but um, I think it's nice what you're doing to represent people are and and what's important to remember about them and it's not just the statistics of the murder that's important and it's not important to talk about the perpetrators it's much more important and appropriate to talk about these souls that uh were a vibrant part of life and the community that were um suddenly taken um in, in an unfair, uncaring manner, um, so to speak. So, yeah, well, so. <laughs> what's uh, what's your uh, future look for um, your book? Do you think it's a project that might go on for another six, eight months before it it's uh, something that might get um, ready for publishing? Well, I think a lot of it is going to hinge on how this COVID uh, situation. Uh, resolves and because uh, there's some travel I still need to do and and a lot of other records that I'm trying to um, to chase down. But um, I'm thinking that you know, sort of a final draft manuscript is, is probably going the to hair. Be. It's probably a year Well, I know a lot of work goes into um, that process. Myself, I tried <laughs> worked on what I thought were some good, good books, and my gosh, you know, it's there's a lot of research. I mean, for every page of information, there may may represent many hours of hard work and diligence. You know. Well, it, it is, and and it's interesting that, you know, with two of these uh, victims, Al Willard and Brent Toby, they came out of some very substantial families. Uh, Brent out of a prominent family in San Francisco, and Al Willard out of a very prominent uh, seafaring family in Maine. And, uh, well, so, you can toss in Blaze, uh, the young man that recently yeah, yeah. Um, was a, a victim. It uh, sounds of similar situations with self, well, of disdain for a gay pe- person and yeah. and some of the same defenses, even as late as a couple of years ago, so... It's an no, important. I, it's important uh, to get it out there. It's not. Um, it's not an eradication of a, <laughs> of a of, of less desirable. It's a hatred for uh, people that are different. Um, yeah, it seems. It, yeah. Or, or um, a dismissal of people, for people for being different, as well, rolled together. Yeah. So true. Um, yeah, you... it's a very tragic case. I I'm following that, um, and uh, the uh, the guy arrested in Blaze's case was back in court this last week, and there, you know, it's now been three years since he was killed, and um, it looks like they're going to try to settle a trial date for the middle of next year, but uh, knowing how these things go, I think it'll be some time before uh, anyone's brought to justice. Wow. Three years. These cases move incredibly slowly. I mean, uh, you know, just in the Brent Toby case, uh, the arrest was made in 2010, 10 years ago, and it was not until this last September 28th, that the verdict uh, or the plea was taken. So 10 years. And um, uh, but the the crime the crime was committed longer than 10 years ago. No, that's why I say the the case was cold for 33 years. Yeah, exactly. And and then even though they identified a suspect, uh, it's been in and out of the Orange County legal system for for ten years. Well, and, 
30 world. years, essentially 30 years to find a suspect and 10 years to work through the justice system. Right, right. For 40-some years. Oh. Well, uh, we need to be a little more uplifting now, friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, a beautiful day in Laguna Beach. It's a day to go to the beach. Uh, it's, it's, I, I hope all of this is cause to celebrate life and enjoy every day as we have it because we never know. Uh, what we can happen know, in, right. in a heartbeat and in a, a flash. I, my mother and I used to watch together uh, Six Feet Under, and everyone go, oh, I, I know, that's just too creepy. I can't. I said, you know, I said, the, the message is with Six Feet Under, it's about living and life and enjoying it, and it's about how quick you can be taken away from you and how important it is to embrace it. So with that and on a beautiful day in Laguna Beach, I say, go out and smile at someone. Tell them they look nice. Give someone a hand. Oh, no handshakes <laughs> and no <laughs> hugs. But you know, smile with your eyes <laughs> as right. much as you right. can. That's right. <laughs> Give them a good That's nod. Right. So, well, but perhaps you can come back as you make some further progress and maybe have some questions out that we can toss out to our listeners. Well, uh, I'd I'd love to. I'm I'm hoping that you know this. Uh, uh, encounter will uh, you know produce some people who will yeah. say oh you know i remember you know and, exactly yeah uh, and it, and i would say to anyone uh i'm happy to speak with you answer questions uh uh any anything you might have um would yeah. be uh you know a great gift to the project Fred, is there anyone you want to shout out to that might be listening? Um, it's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that's that says it all. <laughs> all right. Okay. Again, I thank you for calling in this morning and, and getting up way before your your get up time. I know. No. <laughs> Well, Saturday no, I, morning, <laughs> your nap. Yeah, time. I, uh, so, uh, I, yeah, so I appreciate thank it. You, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. you know, you're welcome. Well, like I said, this is KXFM 104.7 Craig with Human Crafted Radio here in Laguna Beach with Fred. And we're, uh, Fred's, I, I'll say adios and thanks for dialing in. And I've got a few more things for the program here. Thanks for dialing in, Fred, and have a fabulous afternoon. You too, Craig. Thanks again. You're welcome. Bye-bye. So uh, let's get, um, I'm going to play a song real quick because I need to. Don't hurt me no more. What is love? 
This is Craig signing off for Rainbow Radio here, KXFM 104.7, Human Crafted Radio. We'll be back next week on Saturday at our usual time, 9 a.m., with another special guest, and the following week with another special guest, and so on and so forth. Have a fabulous day. Embrace the day. It's supposed to be abundantly sunny today. That's what it says. That's what the weather report says. <laughs>